Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us, the show about all things Disney. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Stone, Griffin D. Pat, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Bish George. How's it going? We could live like Jack and Sally if we want, Griffin. Yeah, you're too far away. Yeah, you're on the other side of the continent. <laughs> like, this isn't going to work. Currently, the last week or so, we were in the same time zone. Yeah, we were close for once. So close to be able to get down. One of my best friends was in Disney the same time you were in Disney, Mitch. Really wanted to find them and take a photo for you to just be like, wish you were here. You would have been really upset. If you could have fi- if you could have found her, that would have been amazing. But that's not what we're talking about. Well, we will a little bit. We are talking, though, folks, about Nightmare Before Christmas. We're finally talking about it. Of course, we just wrapped up Halloween. We're still kind of in that Halloween spooky season. If you're like me and just refuse to end it. Um, it's a Christmas movie, too. It's to say, It's also Christmassy, so we're going into Christmas time as well. It's the perfect time to be talking about this movie, Mitch. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, we're going to be talking about this and since Mitch is fresh off a trip to uh, Disneyland. Of course, we'll be talking about Haunted Mansion Holiday because if you didn't know... When do we go an episode of the show and not talk about the theme parks? Honestly, that's why I've changed the intro at this point. Because we talk about the theme parks so damn much that I had to change the intro. <laughs> It's becoming an issue, folks, but we don't care. That's why we love doing this. Now, let's hit you with the facts before we get started and give our opinions and have a good time about this movie that came out at a time that I'm forgetting. There we go. October 29th, 1993. Um, of course, it really was a Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. People do know this as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is really funny because Tim Burton had very, very little to actually do with this project that we'll get into here soon. But he. It- yeah, yeah we'll it was it. actually directed by Henry Selleck, written by Caroline Thompson, um, and it starred Danny Elfman, Chris San- Danny Elfman as the singing voice for Jack, and Chris Sarandon as the speaking voice, Catherine O'Hara as Sally, William Hickey as Dr. Finkelstein, Glenn Shaddix as the mayor of Halloween Town, Ken Page as Oogie Boogie, Ed Ivory as Santa Claus, and Fr- Paul Rubens as Locke, and then, of course, we gotta talk about him. We gotta talk about Zero, the best character. I was gonna say, we have to talk about Vincent Price. We do gotta talk about Vincent Price, but yeah, no, I, I just wanna, I love Zero. Zero, I love Zero so Zero ridiculous is much. Uh, Zero, voice Zero by is the Brent, best thing Frank about Walker. a haunted mansion holiday. Mm-hmm. Now, Mitch... I, I'm very curious what you think of this movie because we were talking. I was, did see you, you talking to some people about it. What do you think of the Haunted Mansion? Or not the Haunted Mansion? I, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I do want to know we'll what you thought about Haunted Mansion Holiday, though. We'll get there. Um, I grew up watching this movie pretty much every year for Halloween and or Christmas. Um, it's one of those ones that I kind of know front to back because I had a friend or have a friend who is very into like there are people that enjoy nightmare before christmas and then there are those people that are like really into nightmare before christmas and i have a friend who's really into nightmare before christmas so we watched this one a lot growing up which is fine because i think it's a good it's an it's a it's a good musical i think it's it's got some really interesting um orchestral score i think danny elfman did a great job with both the the songs and the score and the overall vibe of the the soundtrack and 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 the score it's not a very good story jackson asshole the entire oh, yeah. time and people don't really talk about it mm-hmm. i mean like but really the overall only, like, i i have a good time watching this every time i watch it mostly because it's also under two hours long really the only like naturally positive characters in this movie are sally santa and zero and even santa's a little disingenuous like y'all are jerks get me out of here Honestly, he is in every right to be saying that, though. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he was kidnapped and then almost murdered. Like, yeah, he is fully within the right to be saying that. Um, We're starting with spoilers right off the bat, folks. This movie came out in 1993. It's a cult classic at this point. It was massively successful. Like, You should know the plot of this movie. But yeah, you mentioned that runtime, 76 minutes. Dude, it's so nice. So nice to be in and out. <laughs> 
honestly, we've had a couple like these now over the last little bit. Like Camp Rock was that way. We're like, oh my God, this is under an hour and a half. This is lovely. And uh, more like this, please. Um, it's it, it makes for a great, like I watch this on my phone on a flight because that's just what you do when you have a bunch of downtime in an airport and on, and on planes. Yeah. And while it doesn't really lend itself well to the format, it did make for an easy view of just, yeah, you know, you know, the beats, it's, it's fairly straightforward. It, it, it's the songs you recognize. It's the performances you remember. And it's, a, it's a good time. Yeah. Danny Elfman really knocked the music out of the park with this one. Like the kind of the things that very much make this movie, like I am not necessarily the people who are like, love, love, love this movie, but I do really, really love this movie. And, like, the, cu- the couple yeah. of things that make it for me is very much Sally. Sally is the heart of this movie, and I will stand by that. And the score. The music. The way it transitions in such, like, a classic musical format is so, so well used within this. And, like, the way it comes back to some of, to reprise previous songs, bringing stuff together... Like, you kind of see some of those, like, what-if tones coming into, like, what they're actually prepping Christmas, and then it comes back even more when, like, the actual snow, and it's a reprise of the song. It's just so well done. I love this music so much. It's kind of incredible, too, because when this film was originally released, then-Disney CEO uh, Michael Eisner thought that this was too dark for kids. So it wasn't actually released as a Walt Disney Pictures film. It was a touchstone film. Because that's what I remember seeing back in the day of watching it on VHS because I'm that old and, and the Touchstone Pictures logo. And now just to see how, in, how much Disney is embracing this art, these characters just everywhere. All of their merchandising between Halloween and Christmas is literally just this movie, this 76-minute movie. It's kind of kind of crazy to me how that has kind of gone 180 like you even have oogie boogie over on top of california adventure right now at the parks because one they call their their halloween party their oogie boogie bash but two it's just it, it it's ubiquitous everything in there you see halloween it's probably nightmare before christmas which is kind of nuts yeah like i went to the parks last last october um yeah literally everything was there like every it's it's further than just even like the actual like decoration of the park. It's like it's merch too. Everything is oh, yeah. branded either haunted mansion or nightmare before Christmas. I saw so yep. many oogie boogie sweatshirts around, and I to this day I still regret buying not buying one of them because they're fantastic. There's always next year, Griffin. They were limited time. They did they didn't make more of them. They didn't yeah, but they'll make a different one for next year so they can make even more money because that's yeah. what Disney likes to do. <laughs> But yeah, so we're looking through the Which research. is that, you know, that, that lightsaber sitting behind me is, is evidence of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got plenty of that around here, too. Um, now, one of the funny things, though, I want to talk about music and whatnot is I was looking through and doing a little bit of research before we started. And this, unsurprisingly, this, uh, this soundtrack has been covered a lot. Um, Disney did put out a cover album of it called Nightmare Revisited in 2008. And this is the most 2008 artist list. Are you ready for this, Mitch? No, but also yes. Okay. Amy Lee, the main member of Evanescence. Yep. <laughs> Flyleaf. Corn. Rise Against. Plain White Tees. The All-American Rejects. It is most 2008 shit. What wouldn't have expected a corn collaboration with Disney to be something we'd be talking about tonight? I need to see. I'm gonna look further to this. I need to see what song corn did. I'm I'm pulling up iTunes right now, but you can continue. Uh, kidnap the Sandy Claus. That's great. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. Well, now I know what I'm listening to when we finish. Except I'm not because I have to get to bed early because I have a dentist appointment in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, even, like, London After Midnight did a cover of Sally's song on one of their albums. Yeah. Like, this, the music has gotten out there so well. And it, obviously, it's almost a cult, it's all, it's almost superseded being a film and is just, at this point, a cultural phenomenon. I mean, it really is. I mean, like, even the, the music alone is a cultural phenomenon, nonetheless, the aesthetic and everything about this movie. You forgot to mention that Marilyn Manson also featured on that album doing This Is Halloween. Well, yeah, but I was kind of more laughing at porn, plain white tees, and all American rejects. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it's something now. But like even like the the music has come out in like multiple albums. Pentatonics has done a uh, what cover of one of the more Christmassy songs. They actually put out a CD for Haunted Mansion Holiday. Um, it's just it's only technically it's only one song. It is only one song in Haunted Mansion, but it is a medley of Making Christmas, What's This, and Kidnap the Sandy Claus. I love that ride. But yeah, this... There is also the, the may, only slightly minor thing we haven't even really mentioned yet, is that this movie is all stop motion. Well, almost all stop motion. Almost entirely, yeah. You've got you've got Zero, which is, you know, more of a... a like an effect, but everything else is... Not even zero is mostly stop motion. Um, it's really the only they do it for some of like the fire effects and whatnot. And then there's like Oogie on the uh, on the moon. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. shadow. But dude, it's just I want there to be more stop motion. Stop motion is always I, so beautiful and it ages so well. I do, but I don't because I love the way stop motion looks, but also it is so damn expensive and so damn time consuming to make this stop motion um while we were away um i mean freeform was doing a marathon of of halloween movies so like every night we'd sit down and watch something when we got back to our hotel and one night it was the corpse bride another tim burton oh a tim burton film where more so than this one and it's just it there's it's an incredible piece of art but at the same time you know the amount of painstaking effort that goes into making each and every frame of one of these things and there's a reason why it's only 76 minutes long and it's because these things take forever to animate mm-hmm. and i mean even at the same time though like one of my favorite movies like animation wise in recent memory is still kubo and the two strings which is a like a short uh, like a stop motion film which Production, like a yeah. is a whole nother league of stop motion and i am wildly biased to loving Leica because they are here in my city can i can i say something to make you really mad yes hit me so i bought kubo on itunes probably i don't know five or six years ago you still haven't watched it have you i haven't watched it you really need to i will but like even talking about stop motion right now the first thought that popped into my head is oh i wonder what Leica's is working on right now as it should be because they're really the only people that massively do stop motion anymore yeah it's it's kind of a lost art at this point just because of how cost prohibitively expensive it can be to produce but mm-hmm. good on anyone for going through it because even like some of the making of behind the scenes stuff um I'm trying to remember if um i gotta go to netflix real quick by the way i'm trying to remember if yeah, sorry, go ahead. What Leica's working on right now is literally my worst nightmare. So, it is a Portland-based story where, a ki- where the main character's brother is taken by a murder of crows. Uh, literally my nightmare. You don't like crows? <sighs> Dude, I watched The Birds, and then from there it was just like, nope. Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll mess you up. <laughs> no, but I also just love that. They're like, yeah, we're finally going to do a movie set in Portland. Um, Tokyo forever yeah i was just i was trying to remember and now i'm just quickly leafing through i couldn't remember if they'd done an episode on nightmare before christmas for behind or uh the movies that made us and they they haven't but i feel they like there's some no they did it I, in on the uh that disney prop show. It, yeah i was gonna say prop culture there was an episode there that got very into the nightmare before christmas and talked about the painstaking process of the stop motion animation and how that all went. So I mm-hmm. highly recommend going and watching that if you want a little more behind the scenes. It's also just on how that whole the thing. best episode of that, sh- the second best episode of that show. I keep forgetting the Pirates. What's of the, the best episode? Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, where they yeah, literally go down and watch how like the props from that movie got integrated into the town. Like yeah, it's that. I'm just going to Disney Plus as well. To see, oh, that's the sing-along version. I don't want that. I want the regular one. Um, I was just going to see if any of the behind-the-scenes stuff was available on Disney Plus, which it sometimes is, sometimes isn't. Uh, and in this case, it does look like there is uh, uh, mostly just deleted scenes and stuff. So yeah. nothing too behind-the-scenes. But definitely recommend that episode of Prop Culture if you want to just know more about this film. Yeah, this movie is always fascinating when it comes to the actual production of it. 
Um, on that line, I do also want to talk about the awards circuit a little bit because this was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, and it lost, Mitch. It uh, lost to Jurassic not, Park, though. So I cannot. I was going to say it. it had to be something big, and that is that is a film that changed how movies are made. So I get it. Go listen to our episode right now, all about that uh, that I ILM docu docu series. We talk a lot about Jurassic Park there. Because they talk a lot about Jurassic Disney Park. Disney purchased Universal, and we could just talk about it here. Seriously? No, because no, here's the thing. No, if we did Jurassic no, Park, no we would have to do one of the more recent Jurassic Park films as well, and then we neither of us want to do that. I still haven't seen Dominion. It's, it's bad, bad, right? It's really bad. I had a lot of fun watching it, but that was mostly because I was making fun of it. Fair enough. But yeah, I just I love that. It's like yeah, we re they recognized like how big a hit this was. Everyone knew how good this was. Now I've gone fifteen minutes into this show, Mitch, and I haven't even brought up like why I love Haunted Mansion as much as I do. Please do. And it's a little video game, Mitch. Little video game. Oh goddamn it! <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Look, if you if you listen to the show, you know I can't stop talking about this damn game. But no, seriously, um. The Halloween Town world in these games is like legitimately like considered the the best, if not one of the best worlds in this entire franchise, and it like weirdly expands upon like the story and gives us a lot of stuff afterwards. Like makes Oogie an actual massive villain. It's why I love Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie's song is like one of the best villain songs out there. It's just, I just, I have to bring it up because it's so good. I love it so much. Somewhere around me, I still have my da my uh, Jack Skellington um, Disney Infinity figure. Why? Because it's Jack. I keep, I keep but my Rapunzel Disney. one sitting at my desk. Oh, so you ask why? It's because these are like weirdly good figures for these characters and they are weirdly good figures, and a lot of those a lot of those characters you don't actually see good merchandising for. So I get it. And uh, Nightmare was that way for a very long time, and then you know the last like 10, 15 years it just kind of flipped, and now it's everywhere this time of year. Yeah, they're they're even like they're even doing a uh, live to film concert this year for Nightmare Before Christmas. Which I'm weirdly I no excited that was for, because uh, Phoebe Bridgers is going to be being Sally. Okay, that makes sense. And she's amazing. Everyone should go listen to her. All right. We've talked a little bit. We've talked a lot. We obviously love this movie. Should we hit the plot? The plot? Weirdly simple. I do want to say, before we get to the plot, in, in talking a little bit more about the production, I know I mentioned it earlier, Vincent Price was originally cast to play Santa Claus. Uh, but when they were recording, his his wife had recently passed away and the performance was not what the producers were looking for out of Santa Claus. So unfortunately they did have to recast and the film actually released within a week of Vincent Price's death. So yeah. Yeah. It's one of those weird ones that winds up like that's a little weirdly close. It, it's spooky, but would it not be spooky if it was not Vincent Price? <laughs> While we're talking about other actors, I do also want to talk about, uh, weirdly enough, Patrick Stewart <laughs> with this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, we haven't mentioned it, though. Yeah, Patrick Stewart recorded uh, both a prologue and an epilogue for this movie, and it's never used in the film, but it is no. on the soundtrack. Which is weird, and I kind of love it. It's that, kind that of perfect still at that least though. exists somewhere. Like, I feel like a prologue and an epilogue are really good for a soundtrack to kind of, especially for a musical or you can kind of set it up and then take it away as needed. Like, I am love love the uh, the Black Materia album by uh, by Megaran. It's this like rap album. That's basically the plot of Final Fantasy VII, and he sets it up and ends it with like actual narration, and it's really good. And more albums should do that because I want more albums to be telling stories. Because it's an awesome medium to do so. Anyways, we're going to hit the plot. We're going to go right through this beat by beat and have a good time. Remember, folks, if you don't want spoilers for a movie that we've already spoiled the crap out of that came out in 1993, stop. Go watch the movie and come on back to it. 
because we're next talking year, oh about god it. next year is gonna be so we're gonna get beaten over the head with nightmare before christmas next year because it'll be the 30th anniversary oh my god all right pump the brakes we gotta wait another year to do this episode all right talk to you later it's been fun have a good night no we'll, we'll actually do this i've only we've only been talking about this episode for so long at this point. it's another year well we also we also promised we'd do it on an episode yeah yeah I know. <laughs> we, ha- we literally have to do it now, uh, this movie starts on Halloween night as Jack Skellington is returning to Halloween Town. After a wonderfully successful Halloween, he is, of course, the Pumpkin King. the Kind of the dude in charge of Halloween Town, in charge of Halloween in general. Everybody loves him. This is Halloween. It's spooky. It's a good time. It is fantastic. It's a wonderful, wonderful opening to a song. But here's the thing about Jack. Jack is bored. He's coming to I mean, if you had to relive, if your whole life was Halloween for eternity, you'd get tired of it eventually. Yeah, but it would take a while. I really like Halloween. I do too, but when your whole life is building up to the same one thing over and over again, it can get kind of boring, monotonous, routine. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said that, I'm like, oh, that, that that's me describing just life. I was gonna say, do you mean like just depressed. like working a day job? <laughs> That's what that is for most people. It's a weirdly, uh, weirdly relatable subject. Yup, and that's probably why this film resonates with so many people. Mm-hmm. Even though, as a reminder, Jack is kind of an asshole this entire movie. Uh, no, Jack is though growing tired of that, so he wants to find something new. He goes into the graveyard and sings about it and complains to Zero, the wonderful, amazing pup who is fantastic in every way. Um, as he's walking, apparently he falls asleep and sleepwalks. Um, everyone in town's like, where's okay. Jack? Everyone's kind of freaking out. I think we also get a little bit of our subplot here of Sally is like, there's some weird, weird stuff happening with Dr. Finkelstein, who created her and is weirdly possessive of her. One of those things that didn't age fantastically. No, it did not. <laughs> um, but no, Jack wakes up and he's walking through a unfamiliar forest where he comes upon a circle of trees, the same circle of trees that the opening shot is on that shows a bunch of different holidays you know we see easter valentine's day we see st patrick's day for some reason which i'm like great okay everyone loves clovers i guess i don't know i think they were just looking for different uh different simple iconography that you knew exactly what this was no they were trying to set up multiple sequels because then it would be the nightmare before st patrick's day and if that doesn't sound like a direct-to-video vhs 90s ass Disney sequel? I don't know what does. I'll tell you what, the nightmare happens after St. Patrick's Day. That's I mean, what you it can happen day of, too, but. You understand that joke if you've ever celebrated St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> or know anyone that's Irish. Yeah. Um, no, so he goes to these. The only two trees you need, re- need to worry about here, though, is a pumpkin one that we never actually see after the opening of this, uh, of this movie, and one that is, looks like a Christmas tree. Jack uh, opens it and starts to see snow. He's weirdly drawn to this tree. Uh, wind, though, starts coming through the uh, tree and pulls him in. Zero kind of just watches this happens. Uh, Jack then is pulled into Christmastown and gets to kind of see what the hell Christmastown is, which is just the North Pole. It's, it's the North Pole. And it's very cute. And What If is a fantastic song. I mean, I, what else is there to say? Not only is it a fantastic song, there's a fantastic spinoff of that song. Yeah, that that's the fun one. But mm-hmm. I think this whole, the discovery of Christmas Town and the fact that, you know, his existence isn't the only existence, even though it's the only life he's ever known, is actually a pretty, like, it's a pretty relatable concept no matter the time of year. It doesn't have to be Halloween or Christmas to get that sense of oh the grass isn't always greener and but you know the initial oh this is amazing and then it sort of starts to wane over the course of the film is a a pretty interesting you know 
theme to tackle and it's it's a lot of fun to watch in this you know quick jaunt through the holidays this movie keeps me i'm realizing this now this movie the reason i like this movie is a lot of the same reasons i like wreck it ralph i want you to think on that they have the exact same moral of their story tell me i'm wrong you're not wrong I realize that right now because I'm like, man, what if they did like it, like the opening scene of Wrecker Ralph, but it's all the holiday characters? Just, just a thought. So, so um, tangent on that, uh, we went to the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas, Nevada. If anyone's ever in Vegas, check out the Pinball Hall of Fame. It's free entry. You just got to pay for pay to play on the machines they have. They had a tapper machine, which is the game that the bartender yeah. in. Wreck-It Ralph is from, and I had a blast playing that, and I walked up to Classic. it, and, and my wife was like, hey, it's the Wreck-It Ralph guy. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes. More people need to, I want more people to be referring to Classic or Game Character as the Pac-Man guy. Or not the Pac-Man, it's the Wreck-It Ralph guy. If we can get someone no. to refer to Sonic the Hedgehog as that guy from Wreck-It Ralph, that's when we've won. Just throwing yeah, the Sonic game coming out next week. Yes, we are, and I'm very excited for it. It's the most interesting game coming out that week. Um, I can see Mitch's pain. It's fantastic. Now, Jack's going in there. He's seeing everything. He's seeing just the joy of Christmas. He's overcome with this feeling. It kind of has renewed his spirits, and I guess just life is general. He's now going to try to bring that joy of Christmas back to Halloween Town. Um, as he's telling the town about it. Also, yeah, they're all freaking out because Jack has disappeared. This town is really, really dependent on Jack. They cannot do yeah. anything without him. It's it's kind of creepy, the amount of dependency this town has on this one person. And you you feel the pressure on Jack. And it's it's not healthy. It's It's kind of concerning, but it also gives us one of my favorite lines of the movie from the mayor, which is... I'm just an elected official. I can't make decisions on my own. God, that's relatable, especially with what I'm dealing with right now in my province. Um, so yeah, he comes back and kind of gets a town meeting together trying to explain the beauty of Christmas and the holidays and whatnot, and they're just not getting it. So he decides to just give them what he wants, and he tells them about the ruler of Christmas Town. This, what he's, describes as someone who's like horribly evil and strong and terrible and it's santa claus but he calls him sandy oh, claus sandy claus mm -hmm. which is one of those just like wonderful bits that everyone is in on it's fantastic um he wants to study this further though so he goes and gets some equipment from uh from the doc dr finkelstein and goes off to kind of experiment on christmas and come up with stupid Christmas equations and stuff. Uh, it's the Halloweenification of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't worry. Not even really to the Halloweenification of Christmas. That's when they just start breaking shit. That's also true. <laughs> um, but no, we get some hilarious moments here. Like, I love when he's, like, with a scalpel going at the teddy bear. Like, it's it's really great. Or breaking the uh, ornament into the uh, into the beaker. Yeah, it's 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 so absurd, but it works. It's also that also that scene has given me like one of my favorite TikTok sounds. She's just like interesting reaction. But what does it mean? But what does it mean? Meanwhile, all this is happening. We also have a subplot with Sally, created by Dr. Finkelstein, who keeps drugging him to get out of the house. That's her story, folks. Um, yeah, she's also madly in love with Jack. Um, she gets yeah. out though to kind of just exist within the town. Like this is one of the first things you learn about this movie is her, um, and how that she <laughs> she poisons this dude like four times in a week. Yeah, like he should be dead, but he's not. <laughs> I also love how like basically basically simple like what she is doing is. But the dude's just so stupid that he doesn't understand it. It's just, it's one of those things that is written more as plot armor than anything else. But it's, it's also going back to these things that are 30, 40 years old. 
you can appreciate what they were at the time, but we can definitely see some issues in general with things like this. Um, oh. Last night, actually, anecdotally, we had a very Austin Creed night in our house where we were binging a bit of the Golden Girls, which if, if those who are not familiar, Austin Creed, a.k.a. WWE superstar Xavier Woods, is very into the Golden Girls. So we were watching a bit of the Golden Girls, and there was one episode where Betty White uh, puts on a traditional uh, Native American headdress, and and it, it is not at all appropriate. And there was no warning or anything on this episode, and there probably should be, because I know Disney's added some of those content warnings on Disney+. Plus. Um, that being said, we flipped from that episode to Austin Creed participating in Wheel of Fortune. And it was just, it was a great night. It was a great, was I know, this, it was Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. He was just there. This was not on purpose. This was not intentional. No, we were, we were legitimately watching Golden Girls because we're secretly 75 years old. And then we flipped over to Wheel of Fortune because we're secretly 85 years old. And it just so happened to be the celebrity episode that he was on. Oh, that's fantastic. It was just weird coincidental stuff. But uh, yeah, so there, there are things in this film, just like that episode of Golden Girls, that just do not age well. And while we can appreciate what it does for the medium, and in terms of it being a cultural landmark with regards to, to, to holiday filmmaking or holiday films, films it has honestly. issues. And we can't, we can't really just, we can't just say, oh yeah, it's, it's got issues and just kind of sweep them away. Like we, it's good to talk about these things. It is not okay to drug people. It is oh, not okay to have this heavily codependent relationship. Like it's there, there are definitely red flags in this film that you should be able to pick out and say, this is wrong and not emulate it in any way whatsoever. I mean, I feel like this is the perfect movie as this example of this. I'm like, this movie did a lot and this is a very fun and good movie. There's some things that have not aged well. I mean, like Tim Burton's name is on this movie, and regardless of how much he did, the dude is not a, not a good dude. No, it's just it's kind of weirdly perfect in that regard. Of this is a great touchstone for just kind of if you want to analyze movies in a in a current day context, it's it's really fascinating actually. Um, let's see, we're at the experimentation. Um. At this point, yeah, at this point in the movie, Jack decides, hey, uh, I don't understand Christmas at all. I'm just going to try to improve it. We're going to make it spookier. Because why not? <laughs> so uh, Jack begins to assign Christmas-themed jobs to a bunch of the uh, residents. Like, some are singing carols, some are making presents. One makes a hat out of a, out of a rat, but the rat doesn't work, so he makes Jack gives him a hat made out of a bat. And I really tried to go for something there and just totally failed. I, I'm giving myself an A for asking, though. Um, I also want to shout out the um, the carols for this because I was literally just putting all of these carols into the uh, into the minor key. That's literally all they did, and that's all they needed to do. It's great. We got a couple other things here. Um. Finkelstein is working on making reindeer. Sally has been asked to make a uh, Sandy Claus outfit. Um, but the major deal here is Sally, while um, going to talk to Jack, or I think she gives him like a message, um, one of those like knock on the window kind of deals and love stories. Yeah. Um, she gets a vision of things ending terribly. What's this vision you might ask? It's a flower that she's doing a he loves me, he loves me not with. Turns into a Christmas tree and then sets on fire and then she passes out. As one does. Honestly, a pretty good vision as far as things are concerned for like doom and gloom. Halloween should not be doing Christmas. Um, Jack gives a bunch of tasks out to a bunch of different people, but we need to talk most about the tasks that he gives to the wonderful, wonderful characters. Locke shock and barrel um, I love yeah these kids. it's again they're they're interesting designs i think the character design throughout this film is really interesting it's very tim burton-esque which i know he wasn't super involved with in production but 
the director was given the directive to make it look like a Tim Burton movie, which makes me feel even worse for this whole production team. Um, like the designs are cool. They don't really do much. They're kind of dumb, but I mean, They're they serve kids. a purpose, which is to just, you know, be hench persons. These are teenagers on Halloween. Like yeah. that's what they are. They're the mischief makers. They're assholes. And that is their entire being, which is, I love. Also, I vehemently hate these characters in Kingdom Hearts. That is all. I mean, you're supposed to. Well, no, like, they, there's a boss fight with these three, and it's a pain in the Not ass. Um, I will find any way to complain about and love Kingdom Hearts in this in this show. You know that. Um, no, I love these characters, though. They're very fun. Uh, their job is to go and kidnap Sandy Claus. Um... <laughs> Which I guarantee is not what Jack actually said. I guarantee it was something like bring him here so that we he can help us or some shit. But this, this whole movie is one bad case of broken telephone. Oh yeah, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Oogie Boogie, <laughs> which actually we're about to get to. Um, they're saying Jack gives them a one warning, which is under no circumstances get Oogie Boogie involved in any of this. Oogie is, in this point in the movie, basically an outcast. Like, he is Jack's rival, but he's also just a jerk. And also kind of murdery. Not a good dude. Hell of no, a voice, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm like... Look, Oogie doesn't eh. actually do anything bad in this movie until he tries Not to inherently, kill Santa no. Which... I mean, if you look at that from Oogie's perspective, the idea of Santa Claus and Christmas is just, you know, it's a threat to his own way of life. So it's more self presser, more self preservation than actually a malicious act. So it's not inherently evil. Except he sings but it's a song about good. murdering him. I mean, who doesn't on a day to day? And like taunts him while singing this song. It's a great song. It's my, probably my favorite song in the movie. It's real good. Um, but yeah, so they go and they kidnap the Easter Bunny on accident, which is a great bit. I love this joke so much. Yeah. Um, especially when the, the dude with the accent is just like, Bunny. Like, I, I... Then they just shove him back in the bag. It's great. As one does. But yeah, eventually they do go and get Santa. He comes back. They show him to uh, Jack. Um, and Jack is like, oh, great. Don't worry. We're going to give you a vacation. Santa's like, a vacation on Christmas Eve. Um, we get another amazingly hilarious joke where they're, where Lock, Shock, and Barrel are taking Santa off to go see go meet Oogie Boogie, even though they've been told not to do that. Yep. And Santa in the bag says, have you ever heard of peace on earth and goodwill to men? And they all just respond, no. It's fantastic. I love them. Um, all this is happening. Sally is um, warning Jack, being like, this is a bad idea. I've had a premonition. Things are not going to end well. But Jack's like, oh, it's going to be fine. What could possibly go wrong? This isn't, that isn't my Christmas. My Christmas uh, is trees being on fire. I mean, some Christmases are trees being on fire. It's not always intentional, but it happens. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Go watch it. Definitely make sure that your electrical is up to code as you are plugging things in. Make sure all your bulbs are working this holiday season. We wouldn't want to see anyone have to deal with any house fires. Seriously. Um, at this point, we're getting close to uh, Jack Foley. They're getting ready for that. We're just, we get another montage here of them setting up all their Christmas stuff. It's another great song. I think this is the Making Christmas song. Um, that sounds right. Anyways, fast forward a little bit. Um, Jack is getting ready to take off and Sally's still trying to find a way to stop all of this. So she pours a bunch of fog juice, I think was the name of it, into the well, causing this massive fog to overcome Halloween or Halloween Town. I keep saying Halloween Town, Mitch, and my mind keeps breaking for a little bit because I keep thinking about Halloween Town, the movie. We will do an episode on that one of these Halloweens. Oh, I God. promise you that. 
We'll do one next year, one the year after, and one the year after that. It's never going to stop. Oh, I'm wait, there's four you, of Mitch, them. Yeah, we skip the fourth one? Three it's Halloween real bad. Yeah. The, well, no, there's Halloween Town, Return, Return to Halloween Town, Two Calabars Revenge, Halloween Town High, and then there's the fourth one where she goes to college. What's the name of the fourth one? Return Halloween to Halloween Town? Halloween Town? My wife just walked in the room. I, I would assume she would have known, but I'm... I got Disney Plus up. I just can't remember what it was. Pretty sure it's Return Town. to Halloween. Town. Uh, that sounds right. Yes, it is Return to Halloween Town. You are correct. No, it's not good. I don't like Calabar's Revenge either. Or High. Um, high. The first two are good. Okay. I, I like the first two. But we're still talking about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. My, see, here's the thing. I like Halloween Town High. <laughs> That's because that was the first one of them that I saw. That's because you're an infant. We've been over the fact that I'm young. So hear me out. We, we do an episode about Halloween Town next year. But we, yes. you come to Oregon and we film it in Halloween Town. But you didn't come here to film the Camp Rock episode. Yeah, but I didn't know that Camp Rock was filmed out there. I do know that Halloween oh. Town was filmed down here. <laughs> well, now, when we, whenever we do a Camp Rock 2 episode... Even though we kind of covered it in the Camp Rock 1 episode, we'll have to film it up here. Yeah, deal. Uh, Halloween Town. Halloween Town is fantastic. Um, moving along, though. It was, it was banter. Yes, we are bantering, but you can't hear half of the banter. <laughs> you all um, pretend good night. Okay. <laughs> moving right along with the, the plot. Um, Hello. Jack is getting ready to take off. We have the fog. Uh, but Zero's nose just happens to be lit up. So we're getting a Rudolph situation. Because why not? This is literally just the plot of Rudolph. It's fantastic. Uh, they talk, take off into the sky and Jack goes to start delivering presents. And unsurprisingly, a lot of children are getting scarred for life this night. Um... Every one of these is going wrong. Things are not going well. The first present Jack delivered is a severed head. Like, of course, this is not going to go well. Um, things are going horribly. And to the point that people are calling the cops, who are calling military forces, who shoot him down, causing him to crash in the cemetery. But an important note in this, he thinks that they're thanking him. Until they actually shoot him and he goes down. Meanwhile, everyone in Halloween Town is watching this through a uh, cauldron. Cauldron, because of course they are. They see him go down and they think Jack is dead. So the mayor immediately goes out to give the message to town. Jack is dead. Not giving him any time to possibly reappear because, you know, this man is a literal skeleton. There's no way he could have survived that. Um, Jack... In the uh, in the cemetery, kind of kind of beaten a little bit, but realizing that he has all of this new love for Halloween, realizing that he is who he is and he's really proud of who he is, comes back realizing like I am the Pumpkin King, I love this, I can't wait for next Halloween, and goes back to try to get Santa and fix Christmas. Uh, he gets Fix back. Christmas, save Halloween. Everything's got to be all hunky dory. Oh yeah, I mean this is a seventy-six minute movie. Of course, it's gonna all wrap up in a nice, neat little bow by the end. Uh, also, some gift wrap, maybe some tinsel. Um, as he's going back, he comes out of the uh, of a grave in the cemetery, and while passing Oogie's lair, hears a call from Sally, because Sally was trying to rescue Santa. Um. Doing so in a very, very smart way, if I might say, of putting her leg in the door to make Oogie think that someone's there to seduce him, and then, meanwhile, get Santa the fuck out of there. Like we said, not all this movie is aged fantastically. Um, she eventually gets caught, though, and that's why she's stuck there. Jack comes down and realizes it's both Santa and Sally, and confronts Oogie. They have a little bit of moments before Oogie turns on like his all of his traps. We see some King's cards. We see the uh, 
cowboys shooting him from earlier. Um, I love I love everything about Oogie's aesthetic. All of this gambling stuff put together. It's just so fun. It's kind of perfect for this final fight, if you can even call it that. Encounter? Like It's a fight. Like, there's the whole playing cards with knives thing. It's... Yeah, but it's like, even then, it's really just Oogie turning on death traps and Jack being like, "You, this isn't going to do anything. Yeah. Um... Oogie tries to take off, but there is a thread hanging off of him, which Jack grabs, pulls, causing Oogie to fully unravel, revealing all the bugs that make him make Oogie Boogie Oogie Boogie. They all fall apart into this, what I think is a pit of lava. I'm assuming it's lava. Um, Some sort of boiling liquid. Killing Oogie Boogie. That's one way to go. Again. Oogie Boogie didn't do much wrong, except for maybe now, try to murder. I now guy. think I, I now think uh, Michael Eisner might have been onto something by not having this be under the Walt Disney Pictures banner originally when it was released. I would and bet you that it was, shouldn't be still. I bet you that it was probably like yeah, this last little bit that was like yeah, maybe not. Um. Anyways, uh, Jack apologizes to Santa. Santa is y'all are saying y'all are crazy. Uh, get me the fuck out of here. Uh, in words that would definitely not be said today. Um, Jack asks, so if he has the time to save Christmas, his response is, Santa Claus, of course I can. What are you, some kind of idiot? Like, yeah. I'm I also that. love that we only see like three or four faces of humans in this entire film. And I think that episode of Prop Culture is really interesting in that it talks about the different faces that they use for Jack. You only see so few faces because... Faces are hard to animate, especially in stop motion. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they even did it for Santa Claus, I mean, they kind of had to with him being an important character in the film, but you can tell when when you just see bodies from the neck on, it's like, faces are hard, man. We ain't doing this. You, you really see that with the cop. Um, yeah. It's just so clearly there's just a light right there so that they don't have to do it. Like, I kind of, I really respect it, actually, and love that. Because with that, they're able to add all of these different characters. You just don't ever have to show their face. Pretty much. Um, Santa takes off and goes fix Christmas at light speed, as the uh, the news says. Somehow they as also Santa have does. all this footage of Santa giving people toys and taking away other ones. But who knows? Um, yeah, Jack is Jack uh, comes back. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, Jack's alive!" What? As they're all being like, "Okay." We realize what we've done. We're going to just start prepping for the next Christmas. Santa shows up and brings Snowfall to Halloween Town, giving them a happy Halloween. Jack responds with a mer Merry Christmas. Every we get a another rendition here of what's this, which is great and wonderful. Um, as everyone's freaking about and everyone's finally understanding what meaning of Christmas is. Because this is a Christmas movie still. You have to have people understand the true meaning of Christmas, Mitch. And that meaning is? I don't know. I still Free shit. it out. <laughs> I mean, I know what it is for me. But I know it changes individual to individual, right? Yes. It's definitely that week off that I get because of working in tech. No. I have to take the time off. So, but oh, for yeah, me, so it's about I. family. I'm a contract. Yeah, of course it is. Oh, yeah, you got to take all your time off. Yeah, for me, for me, the holidays is about family more than anything else. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's family. It's this weirdly happy time. We're gonna be talking a lot about this. We're going into December. We will be talking about some Christmas movie at some point. Will it be the Nightmare Before Christmas? You'll have to tune in. To <laughs> will see. we do another Nightmare Before Christmas episode? It wouldn't be the weirdest thing we've done. Um, they have a Christmas collection on Disney Plus. They probably do. Oh yeah, they definitely. But, do. They have like the they have the Santa Claus movies and shit. Like I still haven't watched Home Sweet Home Alone. We could do that. I still haven't either, and I didn't see a good thing. Oh, we've got the Santa Clauses coming out in, at the end of the month, right? I'm not sure. I want to talk about that though. Oh, I definitely don't. Tim Allen is kind of crazy. It's Tim Allen. So uh, we never talked about Home Alone. We could do a Home Alone episode. Well, we'll figure this out later. You did an episode on Noel, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was like one of the, that was like back when I started the one of the podcast. I was going to say it was one of the first ones. Great movie, by the way. Everyone uh, should go check it out. Muppet Christmas Carol. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, we're going to save Christmas. 
Um, if it's honestly Muppet Christmas Carol, I feel like we've done a Muppet Christmas Carol episode though. Uh, we'll have to go back and look. Uh, we got one more one more scene to hit here, and then we're done with the movie, and we can wrap up early. This is a very short movie. Um, Thanks for a short episode, which makes me happy. Honestly, I kind of love it. We should really try to keep the episodes <laughs> under an hour. He says, knowing full well that Black Panther is coming out soon, and I know we're going to talk oh, about that movie crap, for like we got to figure that one out, too. Mm-hmm. We need guests for that. We cannot just yes, be please. about that. Folks, if please you want to come and talk with us about, about Black about Panther. That. Yeah, come let us know. DM us on Twitter. We'll give it at the end here. Um, there's one final scene, which is Jack and Sally declaring their love to each other in song, and it Zero's kind of just watching from the background. He flies up into the sky, and we pan up to black, and that's the end of the movie. There we go. It's finished. We have finished. Yay! And Yay. everyone lived happily ever after, just being Halloween-y again for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Now, before we wrap this up, obviously we've loved this movie, but we mentioned at the top that we did want to talk a little bit about Haunted Mansion Holiday, Mitch. Yes. The Nightmare Before Christmas reskin of the Haunted Mansion. This is something I talked about a lot back when we were talking about Behind the Attraction, of just how awesome this is. It's my favorite version of Haunted Mansion. Mitch, you just experienced for for the first time. What did you think? I prefer the original attraction. Yeah, that's fair. It's still a very good... The Haunted Mansion is like, it's a classic. It is, yeah, I, it, it is. And I just, I, there was something about it where it just felt very, I mean, it could have just been walking through the park and seeing everything else being Nightmare Before Christmas. And, uh, it just kind of felt commercial more than it actually felt Disney, if that makes sense. Like, it was fun to see. It was fun to experience. And I'm glad we did. But we also, like, we made multiple fast passes for it because I still haven't, we, I was talking to you the day of and we had, like, I think the Matterhorn went down three times. Yeah. We had we had fast passes for it. So we uh we ended up rebooking a bunch of stuff and we we made great use of those passes we got when it broke down. We never wrote it, but we wrote pretty much everything else thanks to that. Um we had one for Haunted Mansion Holiday. We'd written it the first day, but the second day when we had that pass, we're like, do we wait for it? And then we got to the line. And no. I kid you not, the lightning lane line to just check in was probably about 150 to 200 people long. Oh God, no, no, you don't. Like do it stretched. If thinking about the entrance, it stretched to the right, about as far as you could go. It basically went to the railroad in New Orleans Square, like way in behind it. Where or no, that's in front of it. I'm trying to remember what's in behind it. Um, I guess the pathway down to Splash Mountain. It basically went to that path. Like, it was ridiculous. So we'd like, do we wait in this or do we just cancel it and book something else and we cancel it and book something else? Honestly. It was fun fun to experience it once and not something we had to experience more than once. Yeah, it's very much a ride of, it's like, I love it. It's fantastic. It's worth waiting in the line if you've never done it before. Might be about it. What I would recommend to anyone who does want to experience it and you haven't been there during the holidays, uh, again, this is only at Disneyland. They don't do this at Calif- or at uh, Walt Disney World in Florida. They don't do it in, at any of the other international parks as far as I'm aware. Um, just if you really want to do it, do it first thing in the morning or do it at the end of the night because I found that the lines were always the longest in the middle of the day, which is when we had that second fast pass, which is why we didn't ride it. Um, or lightning lane, whatever they call it now. Um, but I'm glad we did ride it. Um, but again, I, I think I prefer the original to uh, to the, the re-theme of it. But let me just get a second opinion while you talk a little bit. Yeah, I I mean, I've said it a thousand times that I really love this ride. And it's, I think for me, part of it is very much my love of, of Haunted Mansion and my love of Nightmare of Christmas coming together. But the other part of it is just me loving weird-ass production things and theme parks. And the fact that they're willing to be like, yeah, we're just going to like shut this down for a few weeks, entirely change the theming of this ride, and reopen it like that for a couple of months is mind-blowing to me. That's yeah. why I like also I mean, we... Guardians. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we can talk about Guardians, too, if you want right now. Or we can just do it off-air once we finish recording. Uh, but... No, they, they don't get to hear that. Okay. We'll... Uh... We did miss, so um, It's a Small World was closed the week that we were in, in on the West Coast because they were retheming it for Christmas. Oh, where are you going? Come back. Um, so that was unfortunate because I love Small World. My wife absolutely despises it. So she, she won out on that one. 
But for me, um, I love that they're willing to go through this effort, but it did feel more like a commercial than anything else, just of trying to sell more Nightmare merchandise. Oh. But it was still cool to see. But uh, I brought in a guest, Carmen. You, you also rode a Haunted Mansion holiday for the first time. We were at Disneyland. What'd you, what'd you think? You gotta lean in a little bit. I'm a big fan of Haunted Mansion. Oh. Yes, you are. It was okay. It was good. Not as good as the original Haunted Mansion, though. I don't though. know. Like, Disneyland is very underwhelming compared to Worlds. Yeah, you didn't enjoy it as much as I thought you would. I, like, Cinderella Castle's my castle. I think you have a well, castle. The castle does it for sure, but just in terms of the, the overall experience, like, did you feel like it being Nightmare Before Christmas was just, it was nice to have that for the holiday season, or would you just prefer they do the, the Haunted Mansion one all year round like they do in uh, yeah, Florida? Yeah, I prefer they did the Haunted Mansion all year round. But this was fun to see it at was. least once, no, right? Yeah. But Pirates, I, Pirates of the Caribbean was cool, though. Parts of the Caribbean is long. I didn't realize it was, was going to be a 20 minute ride. <laughs> yeah, we had our, I had my lightsaber reservation after our pirates reservation. We almost missed it because of that. <laughs> why is it keep, why is it still going? Yeah, that's why it does not stop. Going and going and no, going. it does not. But it was, it was fun because that was one of the ones that we, we got the, the. Oh, we see the real skull. Yeah, you did see the real skull. Um, but that was one of the ones we got the multi-experience for, for Matterhorn being shut down. So we got to just skip the, uh, ended up getting like six. I think it was four, but at two of the attractions, when they went to scan it in, they saw all of our buttons and they just waved us through. Yeah. So we ended up using six of them, even though we only had four pirates. We got waved through and Alice, we got waved through. It was either Alice or Mr. Toad. I think it was Alice. Yeah. They're both cool. But yeah. So Haunted Mansion holiday. Yeah. Ride it. Don't wait 90 minutes to write it. <laughs> I have, so I have one more impo- very important um, Halloween Haunted Mansion question Something for you. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Griffin. She can't hear you. Yeah, I'm just assuming you'll relay. Um, what did you think of the Hatbox Ghost? That was cool. I'm really glad they brought that back. The Hatbox Ghost. <gasps> that was cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that was still in there yeah. for, the haunted, for the Haunted Mansion uh, or the holiday overlay. You see now cause... why I love him so much? It's so cool. It, it's such a cool effect. Uh, I feel vindication for that one. Now that's, I feel like that's all we really need to talk about that. I feel like this is mostly just a, hey, it, it was a three hour it. wait on one of the days that we were there. People Why? love this thing, man. Why? And oh, and the, um, the lightning lane queue. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we ended up canceling it because the, the lightning lane line was too long. <laughs> Think so what do we do splash splash mountain instead no this was later wasn't it no it wasn't this wasn't the day this was like no i had spl- i had splash booked we did four we did radiator springs no that was in the other park no it wasn't this was oh yeah <laughs> um did you pick thunder we I did something we did one of the mountains that might have been when we went and just did pirates we did all the mountains while we were there pirates was after dinner it doesn't matter. It's over. We're back. I'm still on West Coast time. I, I'm not. <laughs> Yesterday was... I did, I did miss my alarm Monday morning, which was bad. <laughs> the irony here is that I'm on East Coast time right now. I know. You're, you're feeling it the other way around. But we should probably wrap this up because we really we've just should. been for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> There's right, one last I... thing I want to mention um, because yeah. we just want to mention it. There is an article going on around right now that I feel like we do need to bring up really quickly. That is uh, the director, Henry Selleck, kind of actually finally talked about nightmare before christmas and tim burton getting all the credit for it because like we've mentioned a couple times tim burton didn't really do shit for this if anything he might have even hindered some of the uh production of this movie i'll link it i think i think i think the controversy comes from he claims that i mean he wrote the original poem that was the inspiration for the film and you kind of had the original story vision but like you said it was more of a hindrance having him around for this production than it was a uh, an assistance. Yeah, I think it, honestly, it's very much one of those things where it's like it backs up everything we've been saying about this movie for years. Um, and it's not necessarily a massive news headline to me because it's something everybody already knew. But it's it's interesting enough where I'll, I'll link it in the uh, description of this week's episode if you are interested in checking that out. 
with that, Mitch, yeah, I think it's about time we wrap this up as we've just BSed for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> It'll happen. I apologize. If people want to keep up with us, where can people find us? If you want to find out when we drop our holiday episodes about Home Sweet Home Alone or Iron Man 3, you can follow the podcast over at D plus us on all the socials. Griffin is all over the internet at Griffy D-Pad. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. I am in all the places at Mr. Mitch George. That's M-R Mitch George. Links can be found at MitchGeorge.com. Remember to keep an eye out for our other shows. We are going to be having more episodes of the normal show dropping soon. Um, and or. And or. And or's the and other or. show. And or's the, the quote-unquote weekly version of the show. Um, but no, we are going to have weekly episodes going up for stuff like um, Black Black Panther Wakanda Forever. When that comes out, we are going to be doing an episode eventually for Tales of the Jedi. There is plenty of stuff to go check out. Disenchanted is out in two weeks. That's two weeks. Oh my God. Comes out the same day as Pokemon. That's a great day for us. Um, The other big piece that uh, Mitch was chanting is we are currently talking about Andor every three weeks. Uh, episode coming soon. Whenever we record it and whenever I have the time to actually edit it. It's happening soon. It's a great show in probably some of the best discussions we've had on the podcast like full stop yeah i love talking about this show so much uh yeah go give that a listen it does get heavy warning ahead of time with that if you like this is a good place to wrap up any go ahead and check out of our other stuff but that's all in the future until then have a magical day